0: This is the Rundown, Rundown, The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Live from the Auction Community Studios for the next two hours on this Friday night. Luke Lipinski here with you. Cody Fincher behind the glass. Cody, how you doing back there? How you holding up? Well, the Rays are not helping my <laughs> they are not. mood.
2: Yeah. They're about to blow a three-games-to-none lead in the ALCS.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even if they lose this game tonight, and we'll get into it, it looks like they're going to. There's obviously still a Game 7, but this feels like one of those games you lose that is more than one loss, and we will, uh, we'll describe why later, but not, not a great night for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. We, um, we'll start with the Cardinals. Actually, though, Cody, I told you I had a bird story to begin the show. Okay? Oh, yeah. All right. I just want your genuine you a reaction. Bird story. I'm, I'm not a bird expert, okay? But I promise you, I promise you, driving through Tempe, kind of, I guess it's like Tempe, it's on the 202. I promise you, I saw a bald eagle and not what? one person believed no. me. Nobody, your reaction is already better than anybody else here has given me. It there's was, no way that's, you saw a bald eagle. That's what I thought. I thought I was crazy. But the thing is, there's that area. It's actually kind of by, you know, where the Phoenix Rising Stadium is. Yeah, yeah. If you go a little bit further east, it's just kind of all empty land. Uh-huh. And, and then if you go across the 101, it's even more mostly empty land. And you got like the lake there. I don't know. I, I did all this research to see if I had lost my mind because it was flying, I don't know, like 40 feet, 50 feet above the ground. But on the freeway right there, it's only like 10 <laughs> to 15 feet above the freeway. So I could see it really well, and I've looked up every possible bird it could have been. <laughs> it was huge. It flew like an eagle. It had a white head with a yellow beak, and, yellow, and apparently there are a, a few bald eagles in Phoenix. I hope you're right. I,
2: I hope you did see
1: one. I, that
2: would be really cool.
1: I approached it as if there's no way I'm right. I did some 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 heavy scrutiny to see. I was trying to prove myself wrong. Maybe it escaped from the zoo. It's, uh, apparently, I think they have bald eagles at the Phoenix Zoo. I don't think could escape from the zoo. I think it was. They they said there are some. There actually are a few in Phoenix now because of the Salt River and all this other stuff and blah blah blah. But I told. <laughs> let's see. Who have I told in this uh, this building today? I told Rod. And he, he took, the, he was like, oh yeah, sure. Good for you. And then just kind of was like, sure thing, Luke. <laughs> Get out of my right. office. Uh, I told Taylor over in news and she started to talk oh, to me. Well, like that I,
2: was your first mistake is telling she, Taylor. She started to she's going to gonna me.
1: shoot you down so fast with your she did. theories. Even before I said it, she talked to me like I was a three-year-old. Although to be fair, she was already talking to me like I was a five-year-old. So it wasn't that much of a drop, but I'm telling you. I saw one. I would not make this up. It was, and it's not like I think I've seen fifty bald eagles in my life. I've seen one <laughs> other one ever. It's
2: not like Luke Lipinski goes around town going, "I saw a bald eagle every day." <laughs> I I believe you, Luke. Thank you. Cody. I think you
1: saw one. That sounds condescending or patronizing, but not nearly. No, as No, but I want you to be right the... because that's cool. So I actually I do believe you. The only other one I ever saw was at. The Fiesta Bowl, like the first one I ever covered, they had the one that like flew around the uh, the stadium. The, the trained National one for yeah,
2: the National Anthem or something.
1: And so they brought it up into the press box at halftime. Cool. So Did cool. you touch it? Absolutely not. It's a bald eagle.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, we were, we weren't fair. allowed to touch that's it.
1: That's fair. But, uh, you weren't allowed? That stinks. Why no. bring it up? The guy had the thing on his arm. He oh. was like, if you touch the eagle, I don't know what he does to his arm. But I've never seen one flying around in the wild. Wild being south scottsdale slash tempe but it was really a bald eagle um all right the cardinals play dallas on monday i feel like my credibility is out the window because of that bald eagle story trust me i wouldn't the cardinals aren't playing dallas on (laughs) monday to go look up the schedule now and see if they really play dallas yeah the uh, cardinals cowboys on monday night i actually just uh called into a dallas radio show earlier to to do one of their radio hits and they are um, sufficiently worried about their football team and specifically how they're going to stop Kyler Murray. And quite honestly, they should be. I I think the Cardinals are going to win this game, and I could absolutely be eating my words on Tuesday. I understand that. Actually, I guess I, if I'm eating my words, I'll be doing it on Monday night on the post game show after the uh, the Cardinals game. But I, I think this is a winnable game, and I, I just I think they're going to go one and one over the next two. And I don't think they're beating Seattle on a short week. And by the way, Seattle has a bye week this week. So the Cardinals will have six days to prepare and no Chandler Jones. The Seahawks will have 14 days to prepare for that game and get healthy. And and for the most part, the Seahawks are relatively healthy compared to most teams. So that's going to be a tough one. But I do think the Cardinals are going to go into Dallas. I think they're going to pull out the win against the Cowboys. Doesn't mean I think the Cowboys are, are bad or done this season or, you know, they can't win without Dak Prescott. It's not that at all. I just... Kyler's had so much success in that building I think that he's the Cowboys defense is so bad I think he's going to be able to carve it up I think it's going to be a high scoring game I do think the Cowboys and this this should worry you if you're a Cardinals fan they're going to turn even more of their attention on offense to just feeding Ezekiel Elliott and he could just run wild over the Cardinals I mean when when I say I think the Cardinals are going to win I was a lot more confident when they were playing Washington, or certainly the Jets, than I am that they're going to beat Dallas. I would say it's like 60-40, but I I do think they're going to pull this one off. This We're reaching the unknown part of the schedule now, and we'll get more into that later on in the show too, but we all kind of had a pretty good feeling of, of what these these uh, weeks two through five were going to look like in our minds, and maybe it didn't play out exactly the way we expected or, or hoped, but we at least all had a pretty good feeling for what we wanted from the Cardinals in the first 5 weeks. And for me I wanted 4 and 1, but I just thought they had to go at least 3 and 2, and they went at, they went 3 and 2. So so here we go. But these next 11, you know, anything goes at this point. There's some really good teams on the schedule. There's still some bad teams. I mean, they do play the NFC East this season. So, this is a big one though on Monday night. Not just, you know, when you play Monday night, you play in Dallas against the Cowboys. It's not just big for your record, it's also big for your profile as a team. And maybe that doesn't mean as much when you are the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Green Bay Packers or you know the whoever the Raiders, but uh, but it still matters when you're the Cardinals. All right, let's get into the rundown rapid reaction. The rundown rapid reaction,
0: rapid reaction. Rapid reaction. reacting to today's top three trending sports stories
1: starts in baseball and Cody alluded to it. The Rays have fallen apart here tonight. They were up 1-0 in this game. Blake Snell was pitching a shutout. I left to get food and I don't know why, what their reasoning was for taking him out, but it's now 7-2 Astros. (laughs) Yeah, well Manuel
2: Margot just hit a home run, or he hit a home run to make it 7-2. to two. Yeah, The Astros are, the raids are finally hitting because the Astros have a scrub in and I'm not making a joke, this
1: guy's last name is Scrub. And his first name is, it starts with an A, so like in the box score a it scrub. says A Scrub. It's wonderful. <laughs> yes, Andre Scrub, which sounds like a name from a TV show, and, and not Scrubs, but like a, a sports TV show has, uh, has stepped in and given up a home run and there's a runner on second it looked like. Yeah, runner on second, one out, uh, bottom of the seventh. If Tampa wins, they go to the World Series, but we've been saying that for three days. If the Astros win, we have a game seven, and we have the potential of seeing a team come back from down 3-0 to win a best-of-seven series, which very, very rarely happens. And uh, everybody's rooting against the Astros. and it, it sort of feels like now they are embracing that villain role, whereas throughout the season they felt sorry for themselves for some reason.
2: They're doing a really good job of being the villains, too. <laughs>
1: Yes, it makes me sick. It does. It absolutely. I can attest. It makes Cody sick. He's been miserable all night, and it's only going to get worse because the Dodgers are playing right now. Top of the first against the Braves. That would make your night, though, right? I mean, it, let's say the Astros win. If the Dodgers get eliminated tonight, That yeah, that feel make pretty make good. Feel a little
2: bit better. Yeah, okay.
1: Can't lie. So uh, we'll keep you posted on both those games to the NFL week six of course will kick off on Sunday not last night there's typically that Thursday night game but it was supposed to be Chiefs and Bills this week and finally the NFL found somewhere to draw the line for a team needing some rest seeing as how the Bills had played on a Tuesday night they felt like one day of rest wasn't enough for some reason I can't can't imagine why Um, positive tests though more around the league not a ton but enough to put some of these games maybe a little up in the air the Patriots had another positive test today, so they closed practice, or shut down practice today. Um, the Patriots are still trying to make up that game against Denver. That is scheduled for this weekend. There were reports that the Falcons might uh, have an issue earlier in the week. Haven't really heard much since then, so it seems like, at least at the moment, Falcons-Vikings is, is still scheduled for Sunday morning. That is a game that has fantasy implications and nothing else because those teams are a combined 1-9. and nine. And the Colts Apparently had four false positives, a lot of false positives. So at the moment, uh, their game this weekend with the Bengals is still on as well. That's just going to be, I I sort of have resigned myself to the fact that that's going to be a weekly thing with the NFL this season. We're going to have to kind of play it by ear on if some of these games are even going to get to be on the schedule. I do think at some point that they're going to have to add an additional week to the season because, like, Tennessee – You've already you already gave them that forced bye week. If Tennessee were to have to miss another game, and remember that doesn't have to be because of anything Tennessee does wrong. What if one of the teams they, they are playing has a couple tests during the week and they have to push their game back? Well then Tennessee's gonna have to play in week eighteen. And the other thing is now you have some of these teams like Green Bay and Detroit that haven't been impacted by COVID at all, but they've had their bye weeks already, just their natural bye week, and there's four more teams having bye weeks this week. If they get into a game where it's going to have to be pushed back, I just I think they're going to have to add an additional week. And honestly, who cares if they do? It's not like the Super Bowl has to get played at a certain. If you push it back a week, now if pushing it back months months there's a that's a problem. But if you only had to push it back one week, then you know whatever we'll see. And uh, sticking with the COVID news, Nick Saban. Reportedly testing negative today. There is a chance, that is a crazy fast recovery, but there is, if that's the case, but uh, there is a chance he might be able to coach the Alabama Georgia game tomorrow. That, of course, is number two and number three in the nation. All right, when we come back, we'll get back into the Cardinals. When are we going to see Isaiah Simmons for more than just a couple snaps? The GM weighed in this morning. We'll uh, we'll react to his reaction next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to the show, Luke Lipinski here on this Friday evening. Cody Fincher behind the glass. No Cardinals game on Sunday. That kind of frees you up to watch more football.
2: I'm going to watch football all day. Right. <laughs> I'm going over to my friend's house. Yep. He's going to put on Red Zone, and I'm going to watch my fantasy. I might not even watch the TV. I'm just going to watch my fantasy app. That's ten. <laughs> that's
1: usually what I do when I when I say watch football. Would you say fantasy football percentage wise gives you more joy or frustration do you think oh frustration Yeah, okay for, for sure is it even close is it like 90-10 or is it like 70-30? thirty I'd say seventy thirty is more more like it all right because when
2: when my team is doing really well, I can put my phone away that's true or if there' people are struggling and it's close i have like I'm glued to my phone.
1: what about Keenan Allen on like a Monday night where he he stops playing well, through the game? you're
2: lucky I had a show a run here because I would have just <laughs> oh.
1: America's lucky that you. I did
2: win that week, by the way. Yes. I did win that matchup because of Derrick Henry and Stephon Diggs.
1: A lot of people win matchups because of Derrick Henry and Stephon Diggs this year. He ran. <laughs> he didn't even have to run in the end zone late in that game, but yeah. he did anyway, yeah. and it was really nice. Just just for fun, that guy. Honestly, he he just got traded uh, in our keeper league. It was a big deal, and I, every time I look at Derrick Henry, I'm like, they gave him the ball so much last year. They're giving him the ball so much this year. Typically, Alabama running backs. I mean, Sabin treats them like, "Hey, I'll get you to the NFL, but you're not going to have any, any tread left on the tires because I ran you so much." Because we college. don't have a quarterback usually. Yeah, uh, but he just Derek Henry does not wear down. Uh, to the Cardinals game this weekend, Steve Kime, or this uh, upcoming Monday, Steve Kime on with Doug and Wolf this morning, and we'll play a decent chunk of this interview later on. But specifically to the uh, the question about Isaiah Simmons, he was asked, "Okay, Chandler Jones is out." Could Isaiah Simmons just fill in?
0: I just want him on the field. Uh, That being said, uh, I know there are things that can stun a player's growth. And when you want a guy to play um, inside linebacker and he's your future, uh, you know, getting a player to to, uh, get experience with his eyes and his instincts and his reads and reactions, it's one thing. But, you know, whenever you're talking about uh, moving a player to the outside, asking him to do different things, now. That's for the team, and that's fine if, if he can if he can handle that. But he's got to be significantly better than what you already have playing out there. So there's a number of things that go into the decisions. Obviously, we have all those talks behind the scenes with Vance and and Cliff, but uh, we're certainly trying to put the best eleven out there that we
1: can. Yeah. Okay. The beginning of that, he actually he says a he says a lot in those forty five seconds. The beginning though is maybe just his most honest reaction of I just want to see him out there on the field, and, and we all do. Um, what has been becoming more clear over the last couple weeks is, and this will be solidified, I would say one way or the other on Monday, if he's not playing much on Monday, it's, um, it's pretty clear then that they are going based on, on when Isaiah Simmons is ready or how he looks in practice, how well he's interpreting film and, and just adjusting to life in the NFL, more so than if there's an injury on defense. Because there was an injury, there was the biggest possible injury on defense last week to lose Chandler Jones. Patrick Peterson is very important, even if he's not the same guy he used to be. Buda Baker is obviously extremely vital to the success of this defense. We saw that in the, uh, the Carolina game. But the absence of Chandler Jones, if ever there was going to be a situation where, okay, there's a hole on, on the field right now, Isaiah, get in there. If there was ever going to be that scenario, it's coming up on Monday night. So if we don't see him much more, if we see him for 13 snaps again or whatever, then it's pretty clear they're not putting him out there until they're comfortable with what they see in practice and in the film room, and that's fine. But, you know, we did this the other night. We went through and, and kind of looked at, at some of the uh, the top rookies around the NFL. Cody and I did this at the end of the show. I don't know if was that Tuesday or Wednesday, and... I I fully buy the reasoning, I don't want to say excuse, but the reasoning that Isaiah Simmons is struggling to get on the field because he's got five NFL games in his entire career, no preseason, messed up offseason as a rookie. I totally buy that. But I'm starting to buy it a little bit less when I look around the league and I see quarterbacks, the hardest position to step in and learn as a rookie on a new team. I see quarterbacks like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert Stepping right in and excelling. Herbert especially, because he wasn't supposed to start this season. It was supposed to be Tyrod Taylor. At least Burrow knew all offseason it was going to be him. You see all of these receivers now. I mean, Justin Jefferson's been huge. Chase Claypool had just, what, four touchdowns last week for Pittsburgh. CeeDee Lamb's been the best of the bunch. You see rookie running backs stepping in. You see rookie defensive players like Patrick Queen, and, and, and he's not the only one. Fair or not, that kind of makes me wonder why we're not seeing Isaiah Simmons at this point, a number eight overall pick. Justin Herbert
2: wasn't even supposed to start his first game. Yeah, and he did really well, and so I feel like you're right. That excuse to where, oh, he didn't have training or a, a, a real training camp or preseason games or blah blah blah. You can't really say that's a valid reason for him not playing as much as some of these other rookies not right maybe yeah maybe at the beginning yeah maybe the first two games where he didn't play
1: hardly at all i think this monday is going to tell us a lot about isaiah simmons i know his name has been brought up a lot on this station over the 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 course of this past week because it's like are we going to see this guy or not but honestly if you start to spin it forward if we don't see him much on monday when are we going to see him this season and if we do see him on Monday, how does he perform? Like if they put him out there and he looks like he did against San Francisco in week one, they're going to pull him back off the field because they're trying to go four and two. If you see him out there, though, and he starts to excel, well, that's not a replacement for Chandler Jones. You're not going to be able to replace that, that pass rushing ability. It's arguably he's been the best in the NFL over the last four years. He's right there if you don't think he's been the best pass rusher Chandler Jones. But if, if Isaiah Simmons steps in and is able to stay on the field, and I don't know, 25 snaps or something he's out there for, and at least be part of a rotation, like a, a, a legitimate part of the rotation. If he can do that, well, then you start to feel a little bit better about this defense going forward uh, than, than you do right now when it's just we lost Chandler Jones and we don't know who's really going to step in for him. But, I mean, if you don't see him much on Monday... Then when's the next time you expect to see him? Maybe after the bye week, maybe the Seattle game and then the bye week, and then you're hoping you see him after that. Otherwise, it's like, I don't want to have a lost season. There's, there's not anything Isaiah Simmons is going to do this season where I'm going to be like, oh, that was a bust of a pick. He's a rookie. But if I don't see him much this season, we may look back at the end of the year and be like, that was, was that a waste of a season? And then we're kind of wondering going into next year. like I, I did not think we'd be in this position uh, at all with Isaiah Simmons. And again, to be fair, that could change it could change as soon as monday uh sticking with the cardinals the as i mentioned the schedule that we have coming up right now you get to the uh this this two game stretch before the actual bye week where you have the cowboys game on monday night the short week to the seahawks on sunday and then this is the part where i kind of i usually hold back at this point of the, uh, the the season when you know we get the schedule in the off season i kind of i try and Make a a prediction for what you're going to see at the beginning of the season. Just kind of put them on a range of like, okay, these four games, they need to go two and two or whatever. But once you get past that bye week, until we kind of know what the teams look like, it almost feels like a a pretty uh, fruitless endeavor unless, you know, the Patriots or somebody are involved, which they are. Um, But now that we've seen a third of the NFL season, a better feel for what teams like Miami and the Giants and the Eagles who are probably the three worst teams left on the schedule, at least record-wise they are. They're the only teams that don't have a winning record left on the Cardinals schedule after Dallas on Monday. You've got Seattle, who's undefeated. You've got the bye week. You've got Miami, who's 2-3. and three. You've got Buffalo, who has one loss. You've got Seattle again. You've got the Patriots, who I guess technically are 2-2, two and two, but they're a good football team. You've got the Rams, who are 4-1, and one, the Giants, who are winless, the Eagles, who are, what, they've got one win. Then you've got San Francisco, I guess, yeah, okay, so San Francisco too, and then the the uh, the Rams again to close out the season at four and one right now I mean that's there's not a lot of safe games in there where you look and say, okay, we'll get a little bit of a reprieve when we play the Giants on December thirteenth, yeah, okay, that's two months from now, like what are you gonna if if things start to go sideways, it could get out of hand in a hurry when you have Buffalo, Seattle, New England, and the Rams and back to back to back to back weeks, so this is going to be gut check time for the Cardinals coming out of the bye week in week eight. But it's another reason why this game here in week six is so important. And I'm I'm not going to sit here and pretend that a week from now I'm going to be like, oh, the Cardinals have no chance against Seattle. We'll be looking for ways they can win that game regardless of what they do on Monday night. But sitting here right now, looking ahead to the next two games, don't you feel a lot better about your chances in Dallas against Andy Dalton and a very, very weak defense and a beat up offensive line? than you do on a short week against the undefeated Seahawks. As much as I'm sure most Cardinals fans, if they could pick one of those games they want to win, they'd pick Seattle over Dallas. And not just for the the division implications, but more just for the rivalry. I think if we're all being honest with ourselves, if I could guarantee you you're going 1-1 one and one in the next two games, you're probably getting that, that win uh, over Dallas. All right, when we come back, Focus on the quarterback, the guy who may very well be able to carry the Cardinals through this one. As, as Dallas is trying to bring a guy up to speed, his first start with them, the Cardinals actually have the, uh, the, the distinct advantage not only in skill and talent at the quarterback position, but in a way, experience as well. We'll explain it next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Keeping it live and local with Luke Lipinski on The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Well, the focus is certainly going to be on Kyler Murray above anybody else in this game on Monday night, not just locally, even uh, even in Dallas. Going to Allen College they certainly still claim him we had Calvin Watkins on our show on Wednesday night asked him about what the perception is of uh, of Kyler Murray in Dallas where look I mean they have a lot of really good high school football players in the state of Texas it's not like he's the first good one to ever come out of there but you know he even said they still have that sort of uh that that feeling where they still embrace Kyler Murray where they still view him as as one of their own now he's coming back there and, and he's he's hoping to take down their uh, NFL team. So they're not going to be cheering for him or anything this week, but they're going to be focused more on him than they would be if the quarterback was, you know, any of the other quarterbacks the Cardinals have had over the last few years and and, and not just Sam Bradford or Josh Rosen, but even back when it was like Carson Palmer or something, this one means a little bit more to the fans and the media in Dallas because it's Kyler Murray. And I'm sure even though he doesn't let on, I'm sure to a certain extent it means more uh, to Kyler Murray Maybe not once he steps on the field, but I mean he's human. He's going back home. He's had a ton of success in at and Stadium as a high schooler and a college player, and his NFL team is better than the Cowboys right now, record-wise, and they have a chance to really widen the gap between the two clubs. So there's a ton of attention on him, as you would expect. On the other side of the field, though, you have Andy Dalton stepping in for the Cowboys, and now I mean, look at the—if you're just going by actual games played in the NFL, Kyler has 21 and Andy Dalton has 135. So obviously in that regard, the experience factor is extremely tilted in Andy Dalton's favor. But he hasn't started a game with the Cowboys yet. He's played twice this season. They were both in relief last week in uh, in late relief because of the Dak Prescott injury. And... I said this earlier in the week. I mean, I I think if you you sat there and ranked all 32 backup quarterbacks, Andy Dalton's probably in the top two or three. In terms of going from Dak to somebody else, their season's not over with Andy Dalton. Their season's not over because they're in the NFC East, and their season's not over because they have Ezekiel Elliott and CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and even Michael Gallup. But I do think we're going to see a slightly different look from the Cowboys just in the sense that it it almost doesn't even have anything to to really do with Andy Dalton per se. They just they they can't they can't expect to be winning games forty to thirty nine like they did uh, earlier the season against Atlanta. I mean the Cowboys their last two games. It, it's just it's been unbelievable how many points have been scored one hundred fifty eight total points in the last two game last two Cowboys games. So. They are not going to want to go into these games going forward with Andy Dalton, especially his first game back, or first game really, as a starter for Dallas. They're not going to want to go into this game trying to win 40-39 to like they did over Atlanta, or even 37-34 to like they did over the Giants last weekend. And even their losses were 38-31 to Seattle, 49-38 to Cleveland. I mean, Dak was putting up obscene numbers. They're not going to want to, to lean on Andy Dalton to do that. They're not going to go away from Andy Dalton in the passing game because, again, he's fine. He's not dynamic, but he's fine. He's got those three weapons in the, uh, in the receiving core that are dynamic, so they're not going to want to completely abandon that. But if they're trying to win a lower scoring game, their defense hasn't gotten any better. So they're going to have to do something to keep that defense off the field. And easier said than done. I mean, I'm sure they would have tried this uh, in the first five games, too. But now it's almost more imperative than ever, if you're the Cowboys, to feed Ezekiel Elliott or to throw short passes around the field and just kill some clock and just, you know, we saw Carolina, unfortunately, do it to the Cardinals in their game. I'm sure Dallas would love to have some six, seven, eight-minute drives in this game and just keep Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins off the field because the Cowboys' defense, quite honestly, can't stop those guys. It shouldn't be able to stop those guys. My fear
2: with this game is that this is the week the Cowboys defense figures it out (laughs) don't you kind of have that fear in the back of your mind like wow they've been really bad and now we don't have our franchise quarterback to score us a bajillion points we're gonna actually have to start playing defense let's start on Monday
1: Uh, well if they do then the Cardinals are gonna lose right and if the Cardinals come out of this game with 17 points or whatever 20 points I don't I don't think 20 points is gonna be enough to beat Dallas I would love the Cardinals to, to see the Cardinals finally get over that 30-point mark yeah. this year. So
2: they've done that twice now, right,
1: where they've hit 30 points? They've hit 30 twice this season, but they've only gone over 30 twice since Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury got here, and the, both those games were last season. So they beat Washington 30-15, to and they beat the Jets 30-10. to So they, they got right to 30. But in terms of ever scoring more than 30 points, and this is a crazy stat to me because you have the offensive mind of Cliff Kingsbury and, and the dynamic playmaking ability of Kyler Murray. They scored 34 in week six against Atlanta last year. And they need them all. They won 30, 40, uh, 34 to 33. And then week 15 last year against Cleveland when you know, the game didn't really matter. They won 38 to 24. But other than that, the Cardinals have, have not gone over 30 at all. Just those two games last season. Like I said, they've hit 30 twice this season, but they haven't gone over they probably need to to go over this week. I mean, I guess you could maybe beat Dallas like 27 to 23, but I think realistically the Cowboys are going to score. The Cardinals' defense, I mean, you hope it's getting better over the course of the season, but it's not going to be as good this week as it was last week because you just lost Chandler Jones.
2: And not to put unrealistic expectations out there, but you're playing the Cowboys' defense, which has been terrible as you've been talking about this segment They've been so bad. This is the game where the offense should be firing on all cylinders, don't you think? Yeah, oh yeah. Where they should probably be close to putting up 40 points like other teams have been doing. If the New York Giants, like you said, can put up the numbers they put up last weekend without Saquon Barkley and playing as poorly as Daniel Jones has been playing... The Cardinals should be putting up at least forty points on this defense.
1: Yeah, and Daniel Jones, if you if you saw that game, he didn't even really do anything in, in that uh, in that game. Yeah, and
2: they have a defensive touchdown, you yeah, know, like pick six or a fumble recovery, something like that. Evan
1: Ingram ran one in. That's right, Devontae They're t- Freeman, <laughs>
2: their tight
1: end, had <laughs> <laughs> no, a rushing touchdown. Nothing shows uh, confidence in your second year quarterback like handing off to the tight end because we don't even think you can throw it all the way to him. Um, yeah, it's it, let me put it this way: Would you feel better? If the Cardinals, okay, let's say they lose this game. Are, are you going to be more upset if it's like 24 to 17 or 41 to 38? I'd like to see the offense get going. I would be more upset if they only scored 17 Exactly, points. yeah. Now, it might be more concerning the other way because you're like, you gave up 41 your first game right. without Chandler Jones. But Dallas has so many offensive weapons. There were people talking about Dallas as being like Kansas City light the NFC version of that coming into the season. That's and a pretty good comparison. They they do, score a ton of points, so I'm expecting a shootout. I'm sure Dallas would actually prefer a lower-scoring game, but I think the Cardinals are fine playing a shootout because their defense at least should be able to get off the field sometimes. I'm not sure Dallas can. Well, it does not appear Tampa Bay <laughs> getting the job done here it is the i changed the channel what's the score now it's still seven to two but it's top of the eighth bases loaded with two outs
2: oh they got two outs that's nice yeah before when when i changed the channel it was bases loaded nobody out so Mm. so far uh by the way in the other game dodgers braves the braves are going with a bullpen game tonight. So they they started a relief pitcher who has never started a game in the Major Leagues, and he is through two scoreless innings so a, far. A.J. Minter. A.J. Minter. Yeah. His last start was in college at Texas A&M.
1: <laughs> what better time to get your first Major League start than Game 5 of the NLCS against the L.A. Dodgers. But he's getting it done, and I would assume the Braves aren't expecting more than, like, m- maybe three innings tops from him. He's only thrown 24 pitches through two innings. I mean, if you're the Dodgers, how are you not How are you not waiting him out a little bit and then trying to get deeper into that bullpen? Um, For the Dodgers, they're starting Dustin May, who it really feels like he pitches every game, but I think it's just because he has that hair that anytime he's anywhere near the field, you see him from space. So I feel like he's just more noticeable because he's uh, he's getting the start tonight. The Astros' raise, if they go to Game 7, it's going to be Lance McCullers for Houston, I believe, and Charlie Morton for Tampa Bay. It, It is... It's a little bit different this year. It's, it's a lot different this year. But it's a little bit different this year in the sense that there's just no breaks in these series. Like, there there was a break between the wild card and the division round and a break between the division and and the uh, the championship series. But seven straight days the Astros and, and Rays will have played. It's they, been nice you
2: know. for our viewing pleasure. Yeah. But for those teams, it's got to suck.
1: Yeah. At tomorrow, like
2: you, you were saying, Charlie Morton for the Rays. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Morton and Glasnow tomorrow. It's... It's do or die now, Game 7, anything goes. Yeah. You you probably won't see Zach Granke out there. No. (laughs) Too much of a hassle. Yeah.
1: Um, Playoffs, I don't want to pitch in those things. sounds worse than a a no-hitter. To be fair, neither Houston nor Tampa has named a starter for tomorrow. I mean, why would they? There's still a chance Tampa could win this game tonight, although it's looking less... Likely with each passing pitch, but Houston hasn't pitched McCullers since Game 2, so I would assume he would get the start, and Morton pitched that game against uh, McCullers. So that's just uh, my guess. But again, Game 2 was not like eight days ago. It was Monday. So those guys really weren't supposed to pitch again until tomorrow at the earliest Uh, anyway. All right, when we come back, we'll play a round of over-under as we get set for this NFL and potentially big college football weekend as well. It's the rundown on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station.
1: All right, let's get this show under control here. We're rattled by the Astros coming back from down 3-0 in the series and the Dodgers being on. Of course, I saw that giant bald eagle earlier today that I feel like, you know, Thing I'm not really getting enough credit for. Um, let's, uh, let's play a round of over-under. The way this works, I've got four over-unders for Cody. He's got four for me. We don't know what they are. Just first reaction. Just imagine you had to bet, I don't know, M&Ms <laughs> on this. Wow, and like we're the going M&Ms really too. high stakes. Yeah. Okay, great. I don't, not not like the pretzel M Ms. Those <laughs> never caught on. Like legitimate, either regular or peanut, peanut butter. I like peanut butter M Ms. You ever had those? I'm not a huge M Ms fan. All right, well, I don't know. What do you like? Skittles? No, ew. No, well, I'm, not, I'm not judging you. Skittles are Skittles all well. I kind like, well, of like Skittles. I don't know. Anyway, but they do. They 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 just they're they're strong. They're sugary. You have to That's be prepared. True. For That's Skittles. true. All right, well, we're betting something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, over under. I'm going to go first for you, Cody. 0.5 wins for the New York Jets this (laughs) year. Do the Jets and Giants play each other? I have their schedule right here. And the Jets do not play the Giants this year.
2: I am going to go over 0.5. I think they'll win one game. I don't know who it's going to be against, but I think they're going to win one. A blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a
1: while now, normally normally i would agree with the assessment that it's foolish to pick a team to go winless okay but a have you seen the jets i i have and b here are their remaining 11 games okay dolphins Kay. bills chiefs patriots oh that's going into the bye week Ugh. so their best chance there is the dolphins Coming out of it is Chargers, Dolphins, Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, oh my Browns, gosh. Patriots. That's insane. They might not win. They really might not. That's I'll a still say
2: schedule. the I feel like the odds are more in favor of them putting together one game than losing
1: all of them. But man, they might not win a game. Their best chance, I think, is if Miami has gone to Tua by <laughs> that November 29th game. They still might lose. They absolutely might lose. <laughs> and Miami's a much better team than the Jets.
2: All right, my first one. The Cardinals, unfortunately, will be without Chandler Jones for the rest of the season. The Cowboys are also missing key members on their offensive line. The Cardinals will have over under three and a half sacks as a team on Monday Night Football.
1: Mm. Wouldn't it be great they go out there and as a team they just on Monday night football go out there and make a statement like yeah we can do this without Chandler. I don't think. So. I'm going to I'll take the under. I do I think they're going to get 2 or 3. So and that's fine. If they get 3 sacks that I mean that's you know, I'm not going to be upset that they only hit 3 sacks. Who do you think leads the team in sacks on Monday? Um Assuming Jordan Phillips is going to be good to play, I'm going to go with him. But I, I think it's if they get three sacks, I think it's going to be three different guys each have a sack. I don't know who's really going to emerge. I know you and I have both said Jordan Phillips is the guy we think will, will ultimately lead the team, which sort of segues into my next question. Oh, okay. Over under eight and a half sacks for the Cardinals sack leader this season. You don't have to tell me who it's going to be. But is it going to be over or under eight and a half? And to give you a frame of reference, right now, the most anybody has is two, mm-hmm. and there are five players that have two. Um, last year, obviously, Chandler Jones had 19, but behind him, well, now it's not opening. <laughs> be- behind him, number two was. <laughs> okay. <Don't you
2: laughs> number technology? two was Terrell
1: Suggs with five and uh, a half last year. Ugh. Uh,
2: I'll say under. Yeah. I could see them having multiple guys with a few sacks, but I don't think one of them will get more than eight. Just have eight like and a half. maybe like six guys between like f- five and eight. If that happens, they,
1: you know, that's pretty good. That's fine. I yeah. think that's fine without Chandler Jones. I mean, last year, aside from Chandler Jones, and that's a little bit different because Chandler Jones was out there recording sacks, but as long as someone is hitting the quarterback. Well, he still has the ball. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll be fine. We're putting some pressure on yeah, him, at least. Yeah, that's all you need. Last year's two, three, and four aren't even... <laughs> Terrell Suggs had five and a half. Rodney Gunter had three. Cassius Marsh had two and a half. Cassius Marsh?
2: Yeah. He's the guy that used to do, like, the ninja kick after he did something good, right?
1: Yeah, after all two and a half of his well, sacks. Yeah, well, yeah.
2: <laughs> so we saw it two and a half times. Yeah. Okay, my
1: next one. Nothing like a half ninja <laughs> kick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even do that. Uh, Bill Barnwell of ESPN.com wrote an article about certain trades he thinks should happen around the NFL. One of them was the Cardinals trading for Eagles tight end Zach Ertz. I love Zach Ertz, and he doesn't seem very happy in Philly. Anyway, over under a 25% chance that this trade actually happens. I say 25% because the NFL trade deadline is usually kind of boring. Yeah. And nothing really significant happens anyway. So I, I it's saw, not like the MLB trade deadline or the NBA trade deadline.
1: Yeah. I saw that article. If I recall, Barnwell had Hassan Reddick. going yeah, to the Eagles. I
2: believe because both of them are on expiring
1: contracts. If that were the so case, it would work out. I guess. I think the Cardinals would definitely. If that were the trade, like if Philadelphia called Steve, Cohen, I'm sure
2: there'll be there would be draft picks involved or yeah. something.
1: But if if the Eagles were like, "Hey, Steve, we'll give you we'll give you Zach Ertz, you give us Hassan Reddick," I think the Cardinals would jump at that. So point.
2: over I, under twenty five percent of it it's actually going to go under.
1: I'm, I don't think I don't understand why Philadelphia would do that. Trade. I was just
2: going to say they're fighting. They could win the division.
1: Yeah, they've already got one win, three That's, wins. They're halfway there. Um, I understand one's not halfway to three. That was that was not planned. Uh, but yeah, the I I just don't know why they would do it. Ertz is probably their best offensive weapon
2: when he's on the field. Yeah, he's about the only re- he's. I know he's a tight end, but he's about the only receiver that consistently plays. Do you see that? <laughs> I have that fantasy life app, so I get all these updates about everyone who's out and stuff like that. Deshaun yeah. Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey has still not played. They, Yeah, those...
1: Philadelphia... Eagles are a mess. They're another one of those really beat-up teams. But it, I feel like for the Eagles, it's mainly just at the skill position. So, like, if you play fantasy football, you realize the Eagles are beat-up. But yeah, real football, the 49ers and the Broncos, and even the Cowboys have mm-hmm. been the most beat-up. Um, okay. Over-under, two-and-a-half undefeated teams left after Sunday. So there are four right now. Okay. There's the Seahawks who are on bye, so they're going to be undefeated. There's the Packers who are in Tampa. There's the Titans who host Houston and the Steelers who host Cleveland. So the number is two and a half undefeated teams remaining after Sunday.
2: I will say more. Over. So over. <laughs> yeah, okay. sorry. Forgot the name of the game. How over, under. You.
1: To be I'll, fair last week it was more or less.
2: I think the only team that will lose are the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: You think the Steelers are going to lose that game, huh? I kind of kind of see a way that might happen. Cleveland is actually decent this year and nobody's really talking about it. Right. Them. And it's 4 and 1. You see
2: the Titans are playing Houston? Yeah, yeah they're going to win that game. They should. The next one that I could see maybe going south would be maybe the Packers and the Buccaneers, yeah. but Aaron Rodgers is just so good. He's on a just different planet than ever. He hasn't thrown an interception yet this year, no. and he's getting Devontae Adams, Adams back this year, his number one receiver. I, I think they're going to win
1: that game against Tampa Bay. T- Tampa is supposed to get Chris Godwin back. Mike Evans, a game-time decision. Leonard Fournette is perennially questionable, but uh, the only thing about Titans-Houston – is Tennessee just played on Tuesday? That's yeah, kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. So their whole rhythm has been disrupted. But their whole rhythm had been disrupted going into that Tuesday and they game. They look great. Yeah, they look like unbeatable. So, okay. So you went you went over. I went over. Okay. Yes.
2: Uh, right now, the Astros are currently beating the Tampa Bay Rays. It's now seven to four in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, the Astros are looking to tie this series up. At three games apiece to force a game seven. So, if the Astros hang on to win this game, over under fifty percent chance that Houston wins game seven and moves on to the World Series. Um,
1: I I actually still think Tampa would win. Game really? Seven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, but I I totally interesting. Uh, I totally understand the logic of like all the momentum is on Houston's side. Baseball's just weird in the sense that I could just see Charlie Morton coming in and shutting down the Astros. But to be clear, I would say like 51-49. Baseball's so unpredictable.
2: It is. Um, But I I think, man, just if they – the Rays are about to blow a three-games-to-none lead. That's crushing. Yeah. That's really hard to overcome. And like we've been talking about – the only guy on the rays that's really hitting is randy arozarena the rest of his team is hitting below 200
1: there there in the is series. there is a second guy now that's hitting uh manuel margo has manuel margo there you go he has two home runs tonight he had one all season he has three in the wow, playoffs, really? two tonight, and one also. Not a power hitter, but he's the one that is. Uh, he's got three RBIs. By the way, it's understand. now two nothing Braves in the bottom of the second inning. That, they have
2: two guys on with one out with Acuna at the plate.
1: Oh, see. This is uh, this could potentially be it for the Dodgers tonight. What a great way to, to go into the weekend. That would be okay. Here's my last one for you, Cody. And this one, I just I took it straight from Vegas. Over-under 55 points in the Cardinals-Cowboys game on Monday night. That's what the oh. over-under is, which is a high number. While you're thinking, let me throw some numbers out there, okay. okay? Here are the point totals in Cardinals games this year. Both teams. 44, 45, 49, 52, and 40. So every Cardinals game this season is wow. not under 55. <laughs> but here's Dallas. 37, 79, 49, 87, and 71. When said, we say the Cowboys don't have a defense, we mean the they, Cowboys they don't mean have it. a defense. They don't feel the defense.
2: <laughs> you said 55 points? Yeah.
1: I'll go I'll go over. I'm going over, too. I'll go over. Because even if the Cowboys are just trying to run a lot of clock away with Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. he'll just get in the end zone.
2: All right. My last one for you, and this might make you upset. <laughs> Brandon <laughs> Cooks had eight catches uh, for 161 I'm yards. I'm upset. And a touchdown last week. So... Luke, over under ten percent under. chance you'll start
1: him. Oh, you'll start I, him. No, I have week. to start him. Because you do of injuries oh, of my weeks. Darn. I thought you were going to say over under, and then whatever the number was for <laughs> catches, I was taking the under. Over under
2: five catches under, for
1: <laughs> under. Last time I started him, he had zero catches. Last time I benched him, he had Hall of Fame numbers, and he has done this to me for his entire career. And he's playing Tennessee this week, so not, not great anyway. Pretty good defense. Let me just tell you out there, I'm I'm decent at fantasy football. But when I start Brandon Cooks, he does nothing. So if you have <laughs> Brandon Cooks this weekend, there's nothing I can do. I have to start him. Probably want to get him out of your lineup because when he realizes, and I'm sure somebody briefs him before the game, when whoever that is, whoever that evil person is, goes up to him in the locker room and says, hey, Luke's starting you out in, in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> he's not going to do anything. So don't say I, I didn't warn you.
2: Like All right, that that Lapinski guy's got you in his lineup. Make sure you don't catch any balls, okay? Sure We're not you, even gonna target you.
1: Yeah, I mean, they I think they tried to tell Deshaun to not even throw to him on those days, but the the last game two weeks ago, he did throw him a couple, Brandon Cooks just didn't even extend his arms to catch them. All right, uh, when we come back, hour number two of the show starts with the reload. That's next. It's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on 987 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Arizona's Sports Station. The Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload. Yes,
1: time for the reload. Friday night style here on the Rundown. It's been fun. Four shows this week. With uh, with all the baseball and... I guess the like, NBA playoffs wrapped up on, on Sunday. With all the baseball and everything going on, though. Happy we were able to get four shows in. And we had Monday week. and Tuesday night football. Yeah, I... I missed it on Wednesday. I wasn't just joking. I was like, "Hey, I kind of want my NFL." I missed break. it yesterday, yeah, it Thursday.
2: Even though the Thursday night games are usually hot garbage, they really are. But it's still football,
1: especially because yesterday was supposed to be Chiefs Bills, and that's, that's oh yeah, that
2: would have been good. That's
1: a good football game right there. But uh, the reload is going to start with the Cardinals in Dallas for Monday Night Football. John Muschoda of the Athletic was on with Bickley and Murata this afternoon, and you know. I I mentioned we had Calvin Watkins on a Wednesday. I asked him about Kyler Murray. He's like, oh, yeah, that's our guy here. I did a a radio hit for one of the Dallas afternoon shows uh, today, and they were talking about, hey, how's Kyler Murray doing? We all kind of follow him because of what he did here. He's, He's a big deal in Texas, regardless of how he plays on Monday night. But John Machado on with Bickley Murata said, Kyler Murray is not just a really good high school player
3: in the history of Texas where, where high school football is huge. He's the best high school player he's ever seen. So when I first got down here, I was covering high schools for a few years, and I got to cover some of Kyler's games, and I was immediately, I mean, it's like, this is the best high school football player I've ever seen, and, and that obviously hasn't changed since. Um, and, and people down here are very aware of him because not only was he just super dynamic and just, you know, a highlight reel one after another, but it was just the fact that, like, he played at Allen High School, which is just like a football power. I mean, um, and I'll be honest with you, they were one of the more talented teams every single game they played, but, I mean, I watched some games against them, playing against some really good, like, DeSoto teams, which is another power here, and there were times where they were not going to win those games if Kyler Murray didn't, you know, put it on his back and take it to another level, and so, all those high school fans, everybody, whether you rooted for Allen or not, are excited about seeing him come back.
1: I feel like I need to watch Varsity Blues before the game on Monday night, just to kind of—I don't know. It's just going to be a big Texas football reunion. I mean, obviously Cliff Kingsbury is uh, is is well versed with the high school and college scene in in Texas when it comes to football. DeAndre Hopkins played for the Texans. I mean, there's just there's. It's going to be a Texas football reunion and I I just, I think that Kyler Murray, I, you know, we do the predictions every week. I think he's going to be the difference in this one. I know that that's, that's something you could say every week, but I don't say it every week. I think this week, though, he will be the difference going in. I think he's, I, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of unknown on both teams, uh, on both sides. The Cardinals, obviously, the defense has to adapt now midseason without their best player and the Cowboys offense has to adapt without their most important player, their quarterback. But uh, I just I think with all that sort of uncertainty and chaos, I think Kyler Murray is going to be able to step in and decide that one. Dennis Gardek, when you want to go back to the defensive side of the ball for the Cardinals, he was on Big Red Rage last night, and he was asked, are you getting more reps coming off the edge now?
3: I think it's going to kind of be a gradual process, um, but I definitely think I've cracked the rotation, and when the reps come, I'm going to run out there the same way I ran out last week and uh, give everything I got.
1: He said uh, he does see himself as more of an edge guy, and then naturally he was asked if he had worked on that sack dance.
3: I mean, everything on Sunday has been rehearsed before, so obviously <laughs> obviously, the, the second one had been done before. That's kind of my go-to move <laughs> when I'm feeling the music at practice, when I'm at home listening to the music, making my dinner.
1: Hey, look, man, if he gets to Andy Dalton a couple times on Monday night, I don't dance. care what you do. Yeah, he'd dance however you want out there because it, it's more than just the sacks. You know, we always we, we look and we say, why can't the Cardinals secondary ever force any interceptions? Well, you've got to get pressure on the quarterback. And now, in theory at least, the Cardinals are going to be in line to get even less pressure on the quarterback. So, Dennis Gardeck has suddenly become a very pivotal piece of this Cardinals season. Not that you're expecting him to be an every-down guy. Not that you're expecting him to get double-digit sacks. But in terms of just a pure pass rusher, he he plays crazy. I mean, there's no better way. He dances crazy too apparently, but there's there's really no better way to describe Dennis Gardick than he just he plays That guy he plays like they've had him in a cage all week and they just set him loose on the field. And honestly, that might be exactly what the Cardinals need right now. And the Cowboys have a hard time protecting uh, they had a hard time protecting Dak. And you would assume that it's going to be even more difficult for them to protect Andy Dalton in terms of sacks allowed this season Dallas is right around the middle pack they've allowed 11 so it's it's not you're not playing Cincinnati or Washington where you basically can just run free on the quarterback but uh, Dallas has lost two of their most important offensive linemen so that uh, that number figures to go up considerably over to baseball, we have the Braves leading the Dodgers 2-0 top of the third. So, Cody, I didn't see it. I'm assuming Freddie Freeman did nothing with guys on base.
2: Yeah, I struck out. Okay. Huge, huge um, comeback there for Dustin May. He got Acuna to pop out to right field, and then he struck out Freddie Freeman.
1: Yeah, because it was it was two guys on base and just mm-hmm. one out, right? Yep. Okay, so the Braves do have a 2-0 lead, and uh, Jock Peterson is at bat right now. Astros and Rays. We were talking during the uh, the break. How fitting would it be if the Astros got walked off in a game that they were winning seven to two? Actually, it was seven to one at one point, I believe, to end their season. It would be amazing. Uh, one out, bottom of the ninth. They lead seven to four now. Runner on first. So the, the Rays got some work to do. If the Astros hold on, we will have a game 7 tomorrow. I'm speculating, but it's it's fairly informed speculation that that would be Lance McCullers against Charlie Morton, although as Cody said earlier, it's Lance McCullers and whoever the Astros need to throw because it's a game 7 and it's Charlie Morton and whoever the the, uh, the Rays need to throw. What was the deal cuz you got to see when they pulled Blake Snell. He was he was pretty visibly upset, wasn't he? Yeah. He was pulled in
2: the in the fifth inning, I believe. He allowed the first two guys to get on base, no outs. And then Kevin Cash comes out to take him out, and apparently he mouths something that's not safe <laughs> for work. Okay. Uh, I thought, and, and you and I were talking about it before the show started. It seems like, what are you doing, man? That's your ace. Yeah. He, I mean, he was at 82 pitches, but for a guy like Blake Snell, 82 is not shouldn't be that much. Yeah. I think it's kind of maybe too much overthinking that there because castillo diego castillo comes in and basically gave up four runs
1: yeah terrible snell ultimately got tagged with two earned runs but they were guys that were just on base when he got pulled but I'm, i'm with you i'm fine with the analytics i think they are something that once once you got to a point where other teams in the league were using analytics you have to do it otherwise it's a competitive disadvantage I just think there's a way to find a balance between, you know, run your team maybe overall over the course of the season over 162 games or this year 60 games with 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 certain strategies fueled and driven by analytics and you figure over the course of a full season they're going to come out in your favor. I mean that's you, you have a huge sample size, that's that's what makes analytics work. But in the heat of a moment, I mean it doesn't really matter if the decision to pull Blake Snell there works whatever, fifty out of sixty times. This is it. You're not gonna see Blake Snell again in the series once you pull him out. So it's like maybe you let him try and work out of that jam because once they went to Castillo and McClanahan that was that was it. And it is uh seven four. Astros with the lead on the raise right now, Blake Snell was not happy. And you know the the risk you run when you pull your pitcher in a in a game like this and he's that visibly upset and he's not some bullpen guy. He's like you said, basically your ace You risk just a real awkward feeling around the team, which would go away if this was the middle of July by, you know, the next weekend, but it's not going to go away by tomorrow if they lose this game. Uh, College football. Nick Saban has delivered a negative COVID test now after delivering a positive one earlier this week. There's at least a chance, they are saying, that he might potentially be able to coach Alabama tomorrow. As uh, as they take on Georgia, that's the number two and number three teams in the nation. Of course, LSU and Florida. Florida's number ten. LSU hasn't been good this year, but they're the defending national champs. Although they don't have Joe Burrow now, uh, but it's LSU. They're always still good. That game's already been postponed, and Missouri Vanderbilt postponed as well. They're not going to postpone Alabama and Georgia, but you can go ahead and bet that Alabama wants to have Nick Saban around for a game that's probably one of those. Winner goes to the uh, the college football playoff at the end of the season. Now it, it's the SEC, so the loser probably goes too. But uh, still a big game tomorrow. And to the NFL, sticking with the uh, unfortunate COVID theme, the Patriots had another positive test today. They canceled practice. Haven't heard anything definitive, and I don't know that we're going to hear anything definitive today. Maybe even tomorrow on that uh, Patriots Broncos game, which is actually already a makeup from last week. And then also earlier this week we had the Falcons. There was some issues there. It sounds like their game with the Vikings at this moment is still scheduled for Sunday morning. And the Colts had four false negatives. No, sorry, false positives. That is negative. Has so many negatives. Four false Tell me positives about it for the Colts. It's getting to the point now where the Colts, before I even realized they had four positive tests, they were already deemed false positive. Right. And then I'm no scientist.
2: But then how do you know if you test that test again that was positive and it comes back negative? How do you know if that's not false? Yeah,
1: that's the problem. I had false negatives. There's like, oh, false negative. Let's play, Let's yeah. play football. Because oh, what if there is a false negative? Right. Like, we, yeah, I just, yeah. That's how pandemics start. So, <laughs> so uh, the Colts game against the Bengals, it, it appears, is good to go. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I just... Uh, If there was a game, though, as there are games, if there's a game that we didn't really need to see, it's probably Bengals Colts (laughs) or whoever the Jets are playing. Yeah. What if they're like, you know, the Colts had four positives, but they ended up being false positives. But just to be safe, let's cancel that Jets Dolphins game that has nothing to do with the Colts. (laughs) Just just that's not subject the public to watching that game. Because of the po- <laughs> positives of the Colts, we are canceling the Jets game. Hey, wait, they're on the other side of the country. That, that, yeah. that, that, don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> Nobody asked you, Jets, just go ahead and not play this week. You don't play anyway. All right, so that's the uh, Rundown Reload. We're going to come back with a new segment. I guess we've done it before, so a uh, <laughs> it's going to be a more consistent segment going forward. Fantasy Storylines next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: It's The Rundown. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station.
1: Ah, yes, that sound means it's time for fantasy storylines. And the way we do this is we just go through each game of the schedule. And react as quickly as we can with the first fantasy football storyline that pops into our head for each game. This is not rehearsed. Nothing on the show is rehearsed. You know that by now. If you've listened to more than you yeah, I was going to say, minutes, <laughs> if you listen, then... If yeah. you listen to the last commercial break, you know our show is not rehearsed <laughs> somehow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, we both play fantasy football. Everybody plays fantasy football. So it really is just the first thing that you're looking for. Whatever pops into your mind. So Cody... Please do the honors. The first game we have, Bears-Panthers. Well, the biggest storyline for me is at some point, when does Christian McCaffrey come back? It's probably not going to be this week. Mike Davis, uh, he's been one of the best running backs, fantasy running backs in football since Christian McCaffrey went down. So I kind of wonder, is it going to be 100% McCaffrey when he comes back, or is Mike Davis part of that rotation? That was
2: mine too. Mike Davis, is he going to continue
1: being the fantasy darling he, uh, he's, he's been, it's not just the Cardinals. He's been great. You know, that, I wanted to get into that earlier, but it's worth pointing out. I mean, again, you, you look back now at the Cardinals' first five games. We said at the time you could explain the loss to Detroit. The loss to Carolina. Carolina's a good team. Mm-hmm. Won three games in a row. They're 3-2. and two. That's, that's not nearly as shameful to lose to them. All right. Bengals at the Colts. Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Joe Burrow. That's all the Bengals have. Uh, for a while there, he was looking like he could be a sneaky fantasy pickup there, but he, he, he hasn't been that great in a couple games. Well, he's he's pressured all the time. He's thrown more passes
1: than all but one oh, guy. Oh,
2: I have a better one. T.Y. Hilton. When are you going to get in the end zone, bro? I, T.Y.
1: Remember he used to do the T.Y. dance? He oh, do, yeah. He like, would the arms up, and the, yeah. but then he's, I, I thought he retired. Now, now he has
2: Phillip Rivers, who can't throw more than 10 yards down the field. Yeah,
1: that's a problem. Um, for me, it would be the <laughs> Same lines of uh, T. Y. Hilton. Where is A. J. Green? Yeah, like last year he was hurt, but the, the A. J. Green before he dealt with the injury issues, Man. and I know he's getting up there in his career now. He but, was a top drafted receiver yeah. every year. He was and just consistent, like one and of that the best was still receivers. with Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. No, uh, I don't know what's going on with A. J. Green. All right, Lions Jaguars. Well, strictly from a fantasy perspective. I'm interested in uh, LaVisca Chenault and how mm-hmm. he has evolved. He was so good at the University of Colorado, specifically against ASU. Yes, uh, but we know. If you want to <laughs> i am in that Pac-12 <laughs> fantasy league, so LaVisca Chenault was like a first-round pick each year. But he was always hurt. And uh, you, you never know how a guy's going to translate his game to the NFL, specifically when he's on Jacksonville. He's been good, though, this year. He's been fun to watch.
2: So if you don't know, I am the general manager, as I'm called, of Ron Wolfley's fantasy football team in the host league. Oh, I play you this week. And, oh, we're going to get steamrolled by you. Uh, but in <laughs> the an abundance of need, I had to pick up DeAndre Swift, Ooh. Detroit Lions running back. So I'm hoping he goes off. He had, a, he had a pretty good game last week, so maybe he'll
1: continue that against the Jaguars who aren't very good. Now I'm suddenly interested in this because that's the one league where I'm still undefeated, and I can oh, see a, a Lions running great. back. Well, the
2: projections team. strongly favor you,
1: I'm just saying. <laughs> I lost Dak. Anything goes. Uh, okay. Yeah, but then you took my advice from earlier in the weekend and picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick. I did. I, you know, though, I wonder How dare you. which Ryan, did I pick up the wrong Ryan? Because Tannehill was out there and Vince Morata picked him up hey, like Tana- four seconds after. Tannehill was good last week. He, he's been good, really. Or this week. Yeah. Yeah, Tuesday. Um, yeah, that's
2: the thing. I didn't want a guy on like four hours
1: rest. Uh, Falcons at the Vikings.
2: Um, Alexander Matt- Madison. I can't remember his last name, Matt yes. Tinson or Madison. Madison, but Dalvin Cook's out this week, uh, so he will be the starter for the Vikings, and I tried to pick him up in both of my leagues, and I didn't get him, so I'm upset. Uh,
1: <laughs> Calvin Ridley has been yep. the one consistent piece of the yep. Falcons offense, yep. and he, he he did have one bad game a couple weeks ago, but he was hurt, and it seems like that's all it was, because then he came back last week at full strength, played better, and... and uh, you know, Matt Ryan has been dropped in a lot of fantasy leagues.
2: If Matt Ryan's throwing to somebody, though, it's Calvin Ridley. It, it is. Even, because... Matt Ryan had a terrible game this past week, but Calvin Ridley really had over 100 yards. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Washington football team. Oh, this is a fantasy. Abundance of fantasy greatness. <laughs> the Washington football team versus the New York
1: Giants. Well, unfortunately, I have a team that's so beat up that I'm starting three players from this game. Oh, no. So I'll be keeping a close eye on Devontae Freeman, Antonio Gibson, and uh, and Evan Ingram. And then I'll be crying while, uh, I don't know, sitting somewhere in the corner and feeling shame. Uh, Devontae Freeman, though, has been interesting since he got there. He's kind of taken over as the lead back now for the Giants. Washington, this is actually not meant to be a joke. Antonio Gibson is decent. Their team... Is horrible. But he's decent. I want to see how he evolves. He's a rookie. Well,
2: in one league, I have Melvin Gordon, and it's up in the air whether even that game is going to get played or if he's going to play because he got in some legal trouble this week. Uh, So I, one of the top running backs out there in the league, I haven't picked him up yet, is uh, McKissick from Washington. Boy, isn't that fun? Backup Washington running back. Yeah. I don't even know. Hopefully Gibson, like, pulls a hammy or something. Oh, okay.
1: No. <laughs> Hopefully Gibson's hammies Sorry. are just fine.
3: Sorry. Uh,
1: um, I can't afford any more injuries Sorry. on that team. I'll be starting Wayne Gallman. Uh, Ravens <laughs> at the Eagles. Boy, this um, is a great game. This
2: is this is personal for me. I need Lamar Jackson to start being Lamar Jackson again uh, because his last game, he only got me 13 and a half points, and I was lucky to win that game. Uh, that matchup, I, I should say. The Eagles aren't very good. They have a decent defense, though. But I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. He needs to step up for me. This is very personal to me. That's good. Uh, I want it to get personal. How He really hasn't been... He hasn't been great. I mean, he's only scored over 20 points twice. He had 27.5 points in Week 1 against the Browns and then 25, around 25, against Washington. He, he hasn't thrown for over...
1: He hasn't thrown for 200 yards or more since week two. He's... uh, It's been very strange. He's listed standard scoring as the number 11 quarterback this season. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's a point ahead of Gardner Minshew, who's probably available in most leagues, and three points ahead of Derek Carr, who's probably available in most leagues. So, uh, for me, I just, I'm fascinated by who's going to score for the Eagles. Maybe nobody this week, since they're playing Baltimore, but... That's another team that just, I mean, they have said it, mentioned earlier, like, if you're just looking at skill position players, all their receivers are out. Who was it? Travis Fulgham? Yeah, 10, yeah. 10, never yeah, heard 10 10 of that last guy last week, yeah. Uh, Greg Ward Jr. got in the end zone last week, but, I mean, they are just so beat up. Yep. I, I can't imagine. I am kind of interested to see who the Ravens are going to get going in their backfield behind Lamar Jackson, but, uh, yeah, not much in that one.
2: All right. This should be a really good game this weekend. Browns and Steelers.
1: I'll keep this one quick since we have to move it along. I just want to see what Chase Claypool's on-court performances. I'm not expecting four touchdowns, but is he going to disappear now for a few weeks, or is he still a threat? Um, I'll go with another Steelers
2: angle, Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger's never lost to the to the Browns in Pittsburgh in his entire career, and the Browns are a pretty good team. Um, I think the Browns are going to win, yep. actually. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how good... Ben Roethlisberger
1: performs. Roethlisberger twenty two two and one in his career against Cleveland. <laughs> uh, Texans at the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry, more please, more, more. Brandon Cooks, anything please, <laughs> anything. Brandon, anything. Uh, Packers. Bucks should be another good game. Yeah, Chris Godwin, like I said earlier, is supposed to be back for this one. Mike Evans is actually a game time decision. The Buccaneers cannot get healthy. I, I, yeah. I wonder what Tom Brady could do with the full arsenal. I mean, even in Week One, I think Godwin left early. Um, but if, if I'm just looking at one guy, I do want to see what Chris Godwin can do because he was a, a second or a third-round pick in most leagues. He just hasn't played much this season.
2: Uh, for me, again, personal, Devontae Adams is coming back after missing two weeks. So it'll be uh, – I really I really need him to go off because Keenan Allen is on bye after he hurt his back on Monday Night Football. <laughs> so I need I need Devontae
1: Adams to step it up here. Your Keenan Allen hatred is through the roof. Uh, Rams at the 49ers. Oh, uh, it'll
2: be interesting to see who plays quarterback for the 49ers. Yeah, uh, because that could determine who gets the ball. If it's Nick Mullins, then George Kittle should go off. So, yeah, I'm mean, going to look at the quarterback position
1: there. It sounds like Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to be. Well, good he to needs go. to throw it to George Kittle. Uh, if he knows what's good for him. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know that's what's good for you. Thing. Uh, I'm always going to be interested to see what Brandon Ayuk does here. He had what, oh, rushing yeah, yeah. in his first two full games, he's kind are of, are you a receiver,
2: of Brandon, or are you yeah. a running? What well,
1: are you? I mean, if you're, if you don't know what you are, you're probably on the right team with San Francisco, but this is the other, the other side of the field. I'm fascinated by trying to figure out who the Rams running back is since they have Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown yep. and Daryl Henderson. Uh, Broncos Patriots. Uh, first of all, is this game going to get played? Correct. Yes. And second of all, if you've been waiting to start the Patriots defense mm. against Brett Ripon, I think it's actually going to be Drew Locke. Yeah, it looks so that way. I'm watching that
2: now. Uh, is Melvin Gordon going to play? Besides the fact, is this game going to be played? It's been really strange. He didn't practice Wednesday, then he practiced yesterday, and then apparently they sent him home with a non-COVID-related illness today. So I have no idea what Melvin Gordon's status is there. Strange. And obviously,
1: like you said, he got in trouble earlier this week, too. Uh, Jets at the (laughs) Dolphins.
2: Uh, Is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to keep being a top-10 fantasy quarterback?
1: He's been great this year. He's
2: Seventh, I believe, he's ranked.
1: Yeah. And somebody, somebody was show me. If you go back to see, I don't have the exact stat, but it's like if you go back to like week twelve of last season on, he's one of the like four or five highest scoring fantasy quarterbacks. Uh, for, for me, I mean, who's the Jets running back now? Is it Frank Michael P Ryan? Is P Ryan the starter? Frank? Gore? I don't know. Who yeah. knows? All right, go ahead. Cardinals, Cowboys. Um. What do those Cowboys receivers look like with Andy Dalton
0: back Mm -hmm, there? mm -hmm. As
1: far as the Cowboys being able to win games, I don't think that they're going to fall off a cliff without Dak because Andy Dalton is capable. But, I mean, if you have CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper, you've been starting him every week happily. And you've probably been starting Michael Gallup most weeks too is that going to be something you can keep doing going forward? Uh, I'm interested to see how much they're going to feed the ball to
2: Ezekiel Elliott with with Andy Dalton at quarterback. It seems like a logical thing to do, right? Yeah, a new quarterback coming into your system, and why not give it to your one of the highest paid players in
1: the NFL, your running back? Yep. Uh, finally, Chiefs-Bills, the second Monday night game this week, although it starts at 2 in the afternoon here. Uh, is Le'Veon Bell going to
2: play in this game, and is he going to be a touchdown stealer from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I was listening to, I think it was Burns and Gamble driving in today, and they were talking about how Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has had nine carries in goal-to-go goal to situations, and he hasn't scored. Yeesh. So is Le'Veon Bell going to be that the guy that gets the ball – In goal line situations and kind of be that that touchdown hawk.
1: Talk about falling up, right? We we talked about this earlier this week before Le'Veon Bell was on a team. Generally, if you are a decent player and you push your way out, and he essentially pushed his way out in New York, Mm -hmm. I can't say I blame him. You don't end up on like the Giants; you end up on the Ravens or the Chiefs or some team that's a Super Bowl contender. And honestly, fantasy implications: if you had Le'Veon Bell in the Jets, you were he was worthless. He's on the Chiefs now. If that's a, even a 60-40 split in favor of Hilaire, or if it ends up becoming Le'Veon Bell's backfield, <laughs> that yeah, I mean, he could end up, we could get a couple weeks down the road, he could be a top five running back each week. Mm-hmm. That's not inconceivable. Yeah. So, All right, that was Fantasy Storylines. We're going to come back and hear from Cardinals GM Steve Kime next. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The Rundown eight87 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: All right, final segment of the show. That music, of course, means it's time for either a top five list or a bottom five list. And given the teams that are prominent in uh, in the sports headlines lately you got the Lakers winning the title you got the Dodgers in the playoffs right now in the NLCS got the Astros coming back in the ALCS there's other ones that we'll get to on this list as well We're going bottom five your five most hated teams we're gonna wrap up the week and lead you into your weekend with a hate list I like it uh, Cody, I feel like you're full of rage. <laughs> well, I, and that, that evil laugh just really sort of reaffirms uh, it. Well, why don't we start with you, your number five most hated team. Now, the rules here, there are no rules. If you hate oh, some great. random like Little League team around town, go ahead and put <laughs> them on your list.
2: My number five most hated team, the Arizona Wildcats. Mm. Because I am, of course, an Arizona State University Sun Devil and I always will be. And I hate those that team down
1: south. I'm struggling here because I, I'm going to leave the Wildcats for so out many reasons. This. Yeah, I
2: I kind of wanted to, and I wanted to be more like pro teams, but
1: no, 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 they should be on them. there. I just I have so many teams I it's, hate that I can't <laughs> I can't fit them all on there. Um, and I appreciate you going with the Wildcats because we asked Sarah Cazella as she was walking out, you know, who's your most hated team, and she gave I forget what her original answer was. She said the Dodgers. Okay. And And then then she's
2: like, wait a minute. No, it's not. Yeah. It's the Sun Devils. And she
1: looked at me, and as if to try to hurt me on an emotional level, she said, it's the Sun Devils. And so I really do want to put the Wildcats on my list, but I'm not going to, because at number five, and this is probably lower than most people have them, but trust me, you're going to agree with all my other teams. I have the Dodgers at number five on my list. That low, huh? Yeah, because I hate these other teams more. (laughs) It's, It's really not, it's nothing more than that, but it would have felt weird to not have the Dodgers on this list. Now, I will say this. I think of all the teams in this town that we collectively just don't like. I think the Dodgers probably bother me less than they bother most of the rest of you. Okay, but that would change if they won the World Series. <laughs> uh, but because they haven't won since like, 1988, it, it doesn't. I don't really care as much as some of these other teams bother me. So the Dodgers are number five on my list.
2: All right, number four, and it's more recently the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm. Um, The fact that they didn't even have to try to get LeBron James, that he said, okay, I want to make movies when I'm done, even though he's a terrible actor, uh, that's including on the court, uh, (laughs) I I can't tell you how much I am not going to watch Space Jam 2, just, no. Anyway... The fact that they don't have to try to get LeBron, they could they trade all their unwanted garbage for Anthony freaking Davis. Like, you're really going to tell me, that, oh yeah, we really miss Lonzo Ball? Yeah, yeah. That, I, Brandon Ingram maybe, but he's too young, and LeBron's like, no, I want a good player uh, to uh, win Anthony a title. Davis with. too. I mean, Anthony I, Davis is a top ten at least player in the league. So the it's more so recently, ever since the Lakers got LeBron, it seems like they don't even have to try to get you know good players to go there like I, I was on vacation when lebron signed with the lakers and i'm like they didn't even have to try you're like my vacation it ruined They ruined. ruined that day at least i'm like they didn't even have to try
1: honey our vacation is ruined all right no, I, I, yeah number four I, I, the, La- the I, lakers can't explain to you why i just know it is uh my number four is recent it wouldn't have been on this list uh, even a year ago but it's climbing fast as they continue to win games. The Houston Astros, number four on my list. And again, you can see why this was the theme for our list. A lot of these teams are being prominently featured in the news lately. And uh, the the first two teams on my list might meet in the World Series next week. So won't that be fun for me? Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, number three for me is the Seattle Seahawks. I thought you were going to say the Seattle Supersonics for a no, second. I the like, Seattle right, Seahawks. He's off back there.
2: Not only have they just been great, but when they're supposed to be bad, they're not bad. When the legion of when the legion of boom left, we were like, "Okay, maybe Seattle takes a step back." No, Russell Wilson just gets even better and he they realized, "Wow, Russell Wilson is probably the best quarterback in the NFL, at least top 5. We should probably let him throw the ball." And he gets to throw the ball to DK Metcalf who should, should be a should be an Arizona Cardinal right. uh for all intents and purposes. And then the fact that just Seattle fans act like they're so much better Seattle Seahawks fans, not Mariners fans. They yeah. have nothing to brag Mariners about. Fans.
1: A gro- having grown up a Mariners and Sonics fan, let me yeah. just tell you, that we were beaten down at an early age and realized that we, we can't act like anything is good because the Sonics were good and they left. Mm-hmm. The Mariners have never been good and the Seahawks, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. So
2: that's that's mine. It's mostly for the Cardinals rivalry. I'm a huge Cardinals fan well, and there's a, that rivalry there.
1: That's, you know, it's it's the understated part of when you pass on DK Metcalf. Not only do you you miss out on a guy that... I mean, they're talking about him like he's going to be the next great receiver in the NFL. He ended up on the Seahawks, too, which you had yep. no control over that. But come on, that's like a double whammy. Number three on my list, and, and I will say this. I'll give them the caveat that it didn't bother me as much this year. But the Lakers, for many of the reasons you just laid out, didn't bother me as much this year because of all the Kobe stuff. Um, yeah, that's true. But uh, but in general, uh, not a huge not a huge Lakers fan.
2: All right, number two, and you mentioned them already. They have steadily climbed my list in the last three years, or at least last year. The Houston Astros are my number two most hated team. They are so talented. Why did they cheat? It's the worst. Why That's, did they cheat? It's the I most guess frustrating. Thing. And I guess it's you ask. Okay, why does any professional athlete cheat or take steroids or do something like Barry Bonds would probably be one of the top players in MLB history without the steroids he allegedly took. Yeah, it still hasn't been
1: proven that he did it. And his head grew like nine hats.
2: Right. So, but the Astros: Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman. All these guys are so George talented. Springer,
1: George Springer, well, I why did there.
2: you need to have someone bang on a trash can to let you know when a breaking ball is coming? Yeah. look at what they're doing now. With I mean,
1: as far as we know, they're not cheating. Maybe, maybe they started. Were there was there like an influx of trash cans around? G4? I don't know,
2: but it just pisses me off, man. Well, I can't stand it, and the fact that none of them got punished, none of the players got punished no. for 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 cheating. And now they're being all cocky about what are they going to say about us now? We're still going to say you cheated. Yeah, Your World Series is a big old asterisk next to it. They
1: don't make it any easier on themselves when they Bunch talk. of jerks. Uh, number two on my list quickly because we're about to run out of show is Duke basketball. Really? Okay, number like, one? No, no. Number two. Oh, number two. Sorry. Number two. I, I, I skipped. Just, they, yeah. You <laughs> just flew off I'm in I'm so mad. Rage. Uh, yeah, number two, Duke basketball. I just never. I All right. Okay. Re- I absolutely respect Mike Shashevsky. And they've had some really great players from there. Like I really like Grant Hill. There are some other players, but just in general, just, especially even as a kid, they were my most hated team. All right, number one, we've only got a minute left. All right, the Dodgers, this, <laughs> just 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 the Dodgers. Well, they have. I can't stand them on first right now. And it
2: all goes back to when they peed in the
1: pool at Chase Field. That's, you know that, tends to- and th-
2: their fans will never let that go either. As much as they're like, why do not you let this go? No, every time the Dodgers beat the D-backs by a lot, they they tweet something about yeah, that. It's I'd- really
1: annoying that tends to uh, spark a rivalry my number one was not on your list but uh, they will be featured prominently on Monday I cannot stand the Dallas Cowboys now I thought about putting them on there it's um it's lessened a little bit like you know it, the more the more I cover the NFL and the more fantasy football becomes prominent like I, I like watching CeeDee Lamb play I do like Dak Prescott he's obviously not playing this weekend or anymore the rest of the season But just in general, it hasn't been as bad lately because the Cowboys haven't won Super Bowls in a while. But if they started again, that would be frustrating. All right, it's going to do it for us. Thanks to Jeff Darge behind the glass. Thanks to Cody Fincher for doing Cody Fincher things. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Luke Lipinski. It's been The Rundown on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.